and welcome to the DIY photo organizing podcast focusing on topics to help you with your photo management. I'm Chantelle from Photos in Order. And I'm Fiona from Photo Helper. Hi, Chantelle. Hello. Hello, hello. <laughs> um, and we are thrilled to have a beautiful special guest with us today, Hazel Thornton from Organized for Life. Hi, Hazel, and welcome. Hi, Chantelle and Fiona. Hello. Hello. Nice to be talking to you today. Yeah, lovely to have you with us. We're really thrilled to have this conversation. So before we jump in, I'm just going to talk a little bit about Hazel, just so you've got a little bit of background and why we are excited to have her with us today. So Hazel is the creator of the Clutter Flowchart Collection. Um, Hazel's based in Albuquerque in New Mexico, and she combines her genealogy research skills and professional organizing experience to help clients tell the stories of their photos, their families and their things, mm -hmm. which is really interesting actually. Mm -hmm. Her latest book is called What's a Photo Without the Story? How to Create Your Family Legacy. And that is just perfect for, you know, our listeners, for us, you know, we can always learn more about this. So we're thrilled to have you with us today, Hazel. Um, and I'm going to fire the first question off to you just to get us started and to learn a little bit about you. Um, can you tell us about yourself? I actually, can I jump in? I want to, the, the photo on the uh the cover of the book when you tell us a bit about yourself can you include that in there because it's such a beautiful story and I think it just sets off the start of where we're going to go with the power of photos um but yep a bit about yourself the photo um how you got started in this in this field well first um let's back up about uh I don't know 17 years at first I had to get laid off from my my career at the phone company to even get into the organizing field. Um, I knew I knew I wanted to be an organizer in my retirement, but my retirement came a little sooner than I expected. And I became a um, a, pro a professional organizer, the the kind that organizes homes and offices, and and schedules. And I, it, about 10 years into that, I was a member of NAPO, the National Association of Professional Organizers. And about 10 years in, I discovered uh, what was called APO at the time, now is called the Photo Managers. And that's where I met you guys. Yeah. Yep. And when I joined the Photo Managers, I, I had ideas of being a virtual digital um, organizer, but I never quite made it there. I I got distracted joining the photo managers. People talk so much about families and the photos of your families that I it rekindled my love of genealogy, which had been on the back burner uh, while I was having my organizing career. I had not done anything. So I got back online and oh my gosh, all the records that I had had to go to local libraries and not just local ones, but I had to travel to get documents to uh, document my, my um, ancestors and visit cemeteries and all that good stuff that people should still do today. But it was so much easier now with all the records that are now online, which they aren't all online, but it's just easier. And um, so I started doing genealogy for other people again. I mean, not again, I started doing genealogy 
work for other people. And I um, got further and further away from organizing, but I realized, but with the background of organizing, I realized, you know, that how they went together, the, the organizing and the genealogy. Mm. And I also noticed that people were, you know, completely overwhelmed, as you guys know, mm. with their photos and needing to organize them. And they were, uh, they, they, so they needed help. They need your help. They need all the help of all the, uh, the photo managers in our association. <laughs> and, but, but I, I liked supplementing that with the stories of their families that they, some, some of the stories only they know. And if they don't document them, others will never know. Yeah. And, uh, and, th but then there's also photos you run across what's like, well, who's that? Or what, what was going on there? Or where, where was that taken? And, if you just do a little bit of research, not even very much sometimes, you can find out if you don't know. If you don't have elders to ask, or if you're not sure what they're telling you is quite the full truth, because um, they've forgotten or whatever, uh, then you can, you can find out. And so the more I realized people weren't finding out, the more I wanted to teach them how to find out. And uh, one of the, the, you asked about the photo on the cover. That's my, my, my namesake grandma. Her, her name is Hazel Eilery Clay Thornton. And I think it's a, I, I love that photo. She, I call it the bathing beauty. And, <laughs> and I, knew when it, I knew about when it was taken just from the, you know, the fact that she was still alive because she died young. And the fact that the, the, the bathing costume, you know, dated it as being in the 20s. But there was this big old hotel on back in back of her that I couldn't figure out if it was a hotel, if she was vacationing, if she was, you know, where in the world was she, and um, and who was taking the photo. So I did some research and part of the story. I tell the whole story. This is the longest story I tell about my family because it's not a book about my family. It's it's a book about how you can research your own family. But I do have some examples, and this is the longest story. And I, and I did, I found out what the name of the hotel was and what, what the point of the story is, well, one of the, one of the points is that you can find out things. And I, and I tell you how I did this one and, and how I found out the stories behind some other photographs, but also it, um, it's an example of a photo that I love so much that I never saw one time until I turned 60 years old. It's like, it was in an album that my dad had. Why he didn't show it to me sooner, I don't know. Uh, I don't, I think he, I think this happens in a lot of families though. They, mm -hmm. some, some families just don't talk about their family, their, their photos and go sit down and uh, go through the albums. Some, some people do, some people don't. Mm -hmm. And we kind of didn't. And we had, we did like family slideshows when we went on vacation, we'd show our vacation slides to friends when they came over, but we didn't go back into those old albums and tell stories about the people and so, document. So them. Hazel, can I ask, I've got, a, I'm curious if you, when you found out about that photo um, and, and I, and I wanted you to bring it up because I love it. And I love the story that you tell in the book. And I think that's so telling of what the book is and how helpful it is because you know just one photo really does give an example of all of the information and the resources and the things like that that you cover 
I want to ask what you you share your sort of discovery of how you felt and what that has meant to you. What kind of a journey did your dad go through on that? I'm interested as far as, you know, um, you wanting to, you know, not having seen it before from your point of view or like you were just saying then, you know, he hadn't sort of shown it, but it sounded like it wasn't intentional or anything like that. He, he, I didn't make him, I didn't grill him about why he didn't show me the photo. So (laughs) he didn't talk about it and I didn't talk about it both really kind of. But was he interested to see your joy through the photo? Yes, but also he died last fall. He Aww. he he died before the book came out. Mm. And he knew I was working on it though. And and there are several other photos in the book that he supplied through his uh photos, um, his photo albums. So I guess that's the answer to that. He died and I don't know the answer. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's an interesting thing because as you say through the book, you talk about, um, you know, the people that are going to see these stories and hear these stories and learn and you just never know, um, you know, now going forward who else will be able to. And I guess it's a real gift that you've been able to have that photo now and learn about that um, and share it moving forward and for, for, you know, for your generation and extended family and family to come. Mm. Yes. And that's, you know, people ask me a, a lot of times, why is, why is it so important to tell the stories of our photos? And, and I think it's because I think it benefits every generation. It benefits our ancestors to not be forgotten. Yeah. And it yeah. benefits us today to, uh, you know, I can't, I can't say, you know, that I'm closer to my dad because of it, uh, because of circumstances, mm-hmm. but, um, but the rest of my family is interested in these the stories that I've uncovered and that I write blog posts about. And some of which I told brief versions of the stories in, in the book. And, um, but then also your own, ch- I don't have children. And a lot of people say, well, what if I don't have children? And what if nobody cares about my stories, mm-hmm. right? Well, the answer is if you can, if you become interested in your stories and, and start telling the stories, you can deposit them in places like on ancestry.com, just to name one, mm-hmm. and you can um, benefit just because you don't have any descendants. If you go back a, a couple, three generations, your ancestors have lots of descendants. Yeah. And, if, and if you don't think so, then go back one more generation, you know, to, to find the descendants. So you've got living distant relatives today who might love to hear those stories. Mm. They have the same people on their tree as you do. And, and to know what became of those branches of the family. Yeah. And I, and I love that you cover that in the book because, um, it was one of the things I wrote some notes about where, you know, what happens if your family either don't care or you don't have any direct, like you're saying, and being able to, um, you use the word embellish. That was one of your topics as, as far as uh, what to do <laughs> um, and, and, and share um, and document and donate and upload them to these things as well. Um, 
what I loved about that embellish section was um, learning more about the photo or the story behind what it is, the date, like you've talked about. It's not just photos or things, you know, it's things as well and, and different things mm. like that. Um, but embellishing it is is really just finding out more. And then I love that you've done that as examples through the book. Yeah. And so no, yeah, a lot of people, a lot of genealogists, uh, there's people who take photos. I mean, there's there's this this covers a spectrum of people. Some people take photos and don't tell the stories. Uh, genealogists, they dig up names and dates and they put them on a tree and they they still don't tell the stories mm -hmm. and even if they do um their stories are going to be made so much more interesting by adding photos yeah. and the photos are going to be so much more interesting if you can add some genealogical details and some details about uh what was going on in the world at that time or in that neighborhood where they lived or um it makes it like a lot of genealogists complain that their family is not interested in their the work they do, the genealogy. And that's because it's boring and you can make it so much more interesting by adding the stories and adding the photos. That's what I mean by embellishing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly. That's exactly right. Embellish it, not just like, you know, <laughs> she probably bathing suit. It's like it was like, yeah, <laughs> like just the more detail. And I think that's the richness of what you're saying here. Where, and, and I really encourage our listeners, you know, to think about when they're going through their photos. Obviously, you know, we've got people that listen to us that are all got photos that's why we're all here yeah. um and so when they're going through that um looking through and deciding what they're keeping and the you know the practical parts of organizing which you do go through in the book as well um but it's that richness in the embellishment of the information about and surrounding that photo and it does take time I mean let's face it you know and and that's um that's one of the things that Chantelle and I were talking about just before weren't yeah. we about um the different categories that you go through when you when you raise a point um about you know how much time and effort and options you've got to go into these details because yeah yeah. That's, that's the DIY part. It's like if you if you think you have no stories to tell, well, here's a few things I'll bet you could do. And mm -hmm. that would be the low effort, you know, do this if nothing else category. Mm -hmm. And if you've got a little bit more wherewithal, you know, put in a little bit more effort, medium effort, and your family will thank you for it. And if you are a professional, if you if you're it's the book is uh, meant to help people at all levels, but I'm, tr I'm trying to reach people who think, well, I'm not yeah, a, yeah. a writer. I'm not an organizer. I'm not a genealogist. I can't do that stuff, but yeah, you can. And if you want to put more effort into it, if you are either just become interested and want to put more time and energy and money into it, or if you're a professional and you already know the basics and you want to put more into it, then you can, um, that's the high effort category and you can ask for help if you need it. There's resources to help you do everything and there's lots of resources in the book too. Yeah, that, that was really one of my absolute favorite parts in the book with, with those tears basically. And also because I think that's reality, you know, um, 
And you, you also mentioned throughout the book that this thing is not going to be done in two hours. <laughs> it's ongoing. And you, if you, you know, like you, uh, you get the bug, <laughs> you never stop again. You start somewhere and you're not going to stop. And that's the reality. And sometimes you also mentioned that I think that, you know, it, it rests for maybe a month or for a year or five years. And that's okay, you know. And that it can become a hobby. And I really like that aspect. It's very practical and real. So actually just talking about where do people start, let's let's maybe um, let's sort of talk about that for a second. Yeah. Um, like you're saying, people that may think it's sort of overwhelming without sort of, you know, obviously you've got pages and pages of it in, in, the, in the book, but just let's just go high level a little bit. Um, where can people start if they've just sort of if they've never done genealogy or they do have some photos that they they're interested out about? Um, what are some of the things that you'd suggest? Well, if you if you want to get into genealogy, the first thing you need to do is to write down what you know. Start with yourself, add your parents and your siblings and their birth dates and death dates and where they lived. And start there. There's a there's a link on my website, and you can Google it. You can Google family group sheet, um, and that's so. That's, you start with family group sheets, and then you can. Um, there's lots of free ways to do genealogy. One way that is not free. One one way that's free is is a site called Family Search, and the thing about Family Search is what you're doing is you're helping to build a world tree. So it's not your own personal private tree. Um, if you want to pay money to a company like Ancestry, that is a private tree. That is for yourself. But you can still collaborate with people on there. If you, you know, I was thinking about, I don't, I don't know where, if you have, you probably do have listeners all over the world. Yeah. Um, but I was thinking about Australia and I just so happened to recently just, this is like the Australia month for me because <laughs> I just finished a genealogy project for, for an Australian and I, and I'll have to say it was different. It was different from American United States uh, genealogy. And so wherever your listeners are from, uh, one of the free resources is called Cindy's List. It's spelled C-Y-N-D-I, apostrophe S, list. And she has thousands and thousands of resources. So you so you would go to Cindy's List and then you'd type in Australia and you'd find out all kinds of Australian resources if you're from Australia. Yes. yes. And, and uh, you, but you start, no matter what, whether you hire help or try to do it yourself or pay or don't pay, you need to start with the family group sheets and, and don't, don't skip back to great grandpa, you know, start with yourself and build backwards because if you're going to build a family tree online or on paper, you need to start with what you know and go back in time one step at a time. Yeah. Mm. I'm glad you mentioned that with the cultural or country differences, because this is something I've noticed. Um, I'm working on our family tree in the bit of, you know, genealogy with, my mom but I'm from Switzerland so yeah the the tools and when I I did try ancestry for example but there's hardly any information because yeah it's it's mostly 
I shouldn't say it's mostly American, but it probably is. So it, it just all works different. And there's different sources I needed to tap into. So it is interesting. There, there are very big differences. And unfortunately, we don't well, have that good as ancestry. <laughs> I'm not sure whether, um, in the case of Australia, um, I'm not sure whether it, it's because, uh, I mean, the records exist, but you can't get them yeah. easily. easily through the online programs. You have to send away for them and pay for them, and, which is what we used to have to do here. So I don't know if it's, uh, they're just not caught up to the curve of digitizing documents and putting them online, or if it's a decision that the country has made about, um, we'd like to make some money on these things. Well, <laughs> well that could well, be possible, couldn't it? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know which it is, but I just, I noticed a difference. And then of course there are countries where um, like Eastern European Jewish genealogy. Well, I've done that too, but I'm not doing that anymore. That's really hard. Uh, <laughs> somebody I can refer those jobs to. And, and, and the reason it's hard, I mean, countries where there was a lot of um, boundary changes due to wars um, Right. That's hard. Or records being destroyed because of wars. That's hard. And and so I'm not saying I've never done anything that wasn't hard, but but there, but I but I'm I'm more equipped because I have more experience in doing United States, including colonial, including back to the 1600s uh genealogy. So it sounds like you know, if you hit a, a roadblock, there's there's other avenues. You just kind of keep fishing and looking and going off on tangents, and that comes from experience. Well, we in genealogy, we call those brick walls. Okay, okay. I have a whole section of my book about how to break down brick walls. And here in Albuquerque in the southwest United States, we call them adobe walls. <laughs> 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 that's great so, so it does take experience but I do have a, a, a list of about 20 of them in my book <laughs> yes yeah, I yeah, like yeah. that list I, I I looked through that one too um one of the things that I found interesting Hazel is that you talk about not just photos when you talk about family history can you share what other things you incorporate or others can think about when they're looking at you know if they're wanting to embark on something like this you're you're right. It's not just photos. It's it's all it's memorabilia. It's it's uh, it, keepsakes. It's the painting on the wall that you know the history of that maybe nobody else knows why it's been on the wall the whole their whole lives. You know you think you know and you think they know and maybe you told them once or five times, but they don't might not remember when it comes time for you to you know hand these things off to your family whether you, you've decided to or yeah. left with these things um they they might not know so if you can tell the stories of your things too your special things you can um if you like if if this pen is my great grandpa made this pen and it's, it's more special than this pen that i got from a vendor at a trade show um then i i need to tell the story about this pen and, and make sure that people know that this one's okay to donate and this one you might want to keep in the family. And, and, and it's that's still amazing. To that, that's amazing, Hazel, because I have a pen <laughs> from my grandfather. And oh, really? Yes. Oh, he, he, was, 
he was a wood turner and and I have a pen. And it's amazing that you brought up that example. I'm going to take a photo of that pen. I've never used an example before. I usually have a mug and I this is not a mug, so I didn't say mug. <laughs> they are my they are the absolute my favorite pens. I mean, I don't use them. They're sort of they're kept on a place in the lounge room. Um mm. but they are very special. And I remember you know, that the, the sawdust on what was that? Sorry. You ever write a blog post about that pen? I it seems like I read a blog post about oh, something. Maybe I did. Actually, I might have put it in one of my I had one with my grandmother in the kitchen. Um, and so it might have been with the sawdust, with him with the sawdust. He had he used to have a handkerchief and tie it in oh, knots on his yeah. head. Um, and, yeah, that pen reminds me of that. <laughs> so, so if you don't want to comb through your photos and tell stories, go around your house and pick out the things that are special to you yeah. and tell their stories by either verbally telling somebody again. It's better to write it down, though. Either, either just, you know, write a Word document on your computer or write it, if nothing else, put it on a super sticky post-it note on the back of the painting that's on the wall that nobody knows what it is. Mm-hmm. Because if you, so they'll know. And so it will help them, it will help them when the time comes, it will help them decide what to do with your things. And it, and it will, they won't be as overwhelmed with, I don't know what to do with this stuff. And, 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 because people do get overwhelmed when they're left yeah. a bunch of stuff. They don't know yeah. which special and what's not. Yeah. It's true. And, and and that is a really good point because, they, you know, it, it is a place from you being an organiser, you know, in, and, and looking at sort of going into that organising and doing organising as well. Um, you know what it's like, and Chantel, you've obviously done that whole organising. And, you know, mm. people do hold on to these things because they think they might be, they might have been important. And it's it's a really difficult place for people to be in to mm-hmm. let go and move through. And because they don't know, um, it makes it even harder. Yeah, it's not just, you know, we, we keep talking about legacies, but what we really want is a meaningful legacy. And that's what you're saying, Hazel, that's what we need the stories for. And we need to have it recorded somehow. Uh, so what do you say to someone who's like, oh, I can't write, that's not my thing, you know, and you hear that a lot, I suppose. Just, just you know, it doesn't have to be uh, something you're going to publish in a book. It doesn't have to be something that anybody else reads in your lifetime. Um, but even the, the most, you know, even Pulitzer Prize winning novels start out as a first draft. And, and so if you, if you just don't expect so much of yourself the first time that you start writing a story, then you can get the, get the idea of it. It's not, it's not for necessarily for anybody else's eyes um, during your lifetime. But if you, if you like it, you can share it with your family and you can share the photos and the stories with your family. So how do you do that from a practical or technical perspective? We mentioned a few online tools that we can use and we can add data and information to it and also draw from it. Um, But, you know, it's always a bit like those things in the cloud, they tend to disappear eventually. (laughs) It's like, how do you record things in a way that you feel this is going to survive a few decades and it's not just going to go away and totally be dependent on an app or something. Um, well, it's, it's, 
it's just like digital. If you're going to use your computer to write with, you're going to, it's just like digital photos. Digital writing is kind of like digital photos. Mm -hmm. If you have a hard copy, a piece of paper that you've written on, um, that's a good thing. If you, as long as you keep it in a folder and people know where it is and, and uh, it doesn't get lost, that, that will last for a long time. Just like printed photos are a good actual way to back up digital photos, you know, print a few of them yeah. out. Yeah. And, and if you, but if, and if you um, start make, creating a, a family tree, either online or on software on your computer, and you start writing stories online, I mean, I mean, uh, on your, digitally on your computer, yeah. um, then you need to, you need to keep up with you need to back things up. I've got a section in the book about backing up digital files and you have to tell people where the files are. You have to say, I've left instructions and here's the file they're in and here's the password to my computer. You have to tell somebody where it is so that they can find it. Otherwise it's no good. And if you don't have anyone to say that to, if, you, if you're telling stories about your ancestors and you're getting into genealogy and you're, if you've got a tree online, you can put those stories online and they will stay there and it doesn't matter eventually what happens to you or your computer you've mm. you've stored them in, in in a place where other people researching your family your your not your individual family but your yeah. your same ancestors your common ancestors um they can find them there yeah fantastic um so i'm interested just one more thing um with your clients that you've worked with and when you've helped people go on this journey and you've sort of seen people go on this journey before, what kind of, um, you know, when they find out a bit of information or they, um, you know, discover something that they've been searching for, um, I can imagine that that would be, a, you know, a, a feeling of satisfactions, you know, that, that re reward. Well, it, depends on what, it depends on what you find. You know, I asked them, oh, do you want me to tell you everything? And it's not, I'm not really asking them. Uh, I'm sort of warning them that I might, I might find things that they might not have anticipated. Yeah. And, and if I, one of my favorite things is to um, try to corroborate or disprove a family legend. Right. And, and if I can, if I can corroborate it, usually they're like, oh, I knew it. Or if I can't, they're like, well, I didn't think so. I mean, it depends on what they thought, whether it's true or false, how happy they are or not with, with my, what I find. And, and also if I find, you know, they've got a, an extra brother they didn't know about or something like that, that can cause problems. Yeah. Or, I was just <laughs> ask that. Have you ever found people that were not supposed to, or, or not, not expected? Yeah, not yes. Expected. I'm sure. <laughs> I, I had one woman who I found out that she pro possibly had a Cherokee ancestor. And I thought most people are like, oh, that's cool. But like everybody claims they have a Cherokee ancestor, even if most of them really don't. Uh, but she was like, oh. And I'm like, oh, I didn't even know. <laughs> I didn't expect someone to not like that. Usually yeah. people are claiming it falsely. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm also interested when you do that work, um, 
and you find things or you don't find things and you have all those different sources that you go back to, do you record what you do as you do it so that you can sort of say, oh, yeah. okay, this is, you know, verified information and I've got the information from this source or from that source? How, do you Absolutely. Yeah. And, and anybody that I'm teaching how to do it themselves, um, that's, that's a critical part of the project is to document your sources right. because there's just no point in saying, you know, you're related to the King of England. If you can't, <laughs> if you can't prove it and uh, document it and recreate the steps you took to prove it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and in fact, in fact, if you tell me that you're descended from anybody um, and you have no, uh, documentation on your online tree it's possible you've got the documentation at your house in a drawer and I haven't seen it in paper form but it's also possible that you just clicked you know accept 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 every time the program said oh you might be related to this person and um. they, we call we call that climbing you know you need to be climbing your own family tree you don't want to be climbing someone else's family tree right. and if and if somebody said if the if the program like ancestry for example but they all they all make suggestions they they said well you might be related to this person but they don't mean you are and that they can prove it, the, the the computer doesn't know anything yeah it's the other people, the people who submit the documentation and who say, I'm related to so-and-so. And if you look and see that they have no documentation for that, then you can't um, assume that you're related to so-and-so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why they call them hints. And if you, like their hints can pan out or not pan out. But a lot of people, I had someone tell me just the other day, oh, I got into genealogy and I'm already back to the 1600s in a week I'm like oh is that so <laughs> it took me years and years to verify each little step of the way back that far you know yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> equally easier to make mistakes Mm. And that's what I think, that's what I love about the book is that you, um, and, and what we're talking about today um, for people that are listening is um, you can go into that much detail and you can choose to go into that um, that depth, but you can also still get the benefit out of if a photo you've got a photo that you're telling a story about or you've got an item that you're telling a story about, a bit of memorabilia or something, um, without having to do that. Exactly. If you don't go back any farther than here's grandpa's pen, I want to tell you a story yeah. about it, yeah. that's fine. And tell a little bit about yourself so that yeah. people you know, document that because in case nobody thinks to later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I really like that. I really like that. You've got that. And and talking about yourself, one of the things um, uh, that I liked about that, you talk about um, something like if you don't know what to write about, you've mentioned talk about something unique about yourself, maybe your experiences that you've had, um, some of the hobbies that you enjoy, um, and some of the causes that you're passionate about. And I think that's really great to be able to give people some a bit a bit of direction if that's not if that's new for them. Mm. And, and if you let's say you 
um, have older relatives who died before you even thought you wanted to ask them questions. Well, what kind of what kind of things would you have wanted to know? And then and you can write down those answers for yourself. And if you don't want to do it, you know, and, and if you have younger relatives, you know, have them record you saying it or write your answers down. And if, uh, if you do have older relatives still living who can answer questions for you, by all means, ask them. But you got to be careful. Some people don't want to talk about certain things. Yeah. So if, you, if you're approaching, you know, if you're going to ask about the family legend of the, the missing baby and where the baby came from or went to, or it's like, they might not want to tell you. <laughs> you might have to do some research and you may never know. But everybody knows their own family better than I do as far as what they can ask and what they can't ask. Yeah. yeah. And it's a very personal journey. And, and, and if you, and if you don't, you don't have to ask those touchy questions. You can, you can ask them what was, what was life like when you were a little girl grandma, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it, this is so funny yeah. because even my kids are 16 and 18. They can't imagine a life without a smartphone. <laughs> It's like, right, right. how on earth did you communicate when you were my age? I'm like, well, we had a phone and it was actually attached to the wall <laughs> and everybody could hear what you were saying. It's just beyond, they can't. And so think, they, think, they, you know, but it, they, it, they're still interested in hearing it. Um, and as they take for granted at our age, because yeah. we live through it and we think it's boring because we live through it would be fascinating to them yeah <laughs> yeah, so it's, yeah really, it's so true and it's not like we're talking of a you know age difference of 100 years <laughs> yeah no exactly <laughs> so so hazel just before we go i wanted to ask you so some of these things we've talked about you know there's some practical steps and organizing um you know if you're embarking on you know either the sort of the the lower level investment of time or you know more effort and time um investment uh but you've got a few you've got a a, um, a book that's either just been released or about to be released as we go to air now um about some worksheets that people can work through that sort of some other things as well can you tell us a little bit about that i'm interested to learn how this might be a resource for people too sure um so throughout my organizing career I've been creating what I call clutter flow charts and, and they help you figure out if something's clutter or not. Like, like take the pen for an example again, is this clutter or is this not clutter? And it asks you, well, do you use it? Do you love it? Do you need to keep it? And, and if you don't know, or if the answer is no, then it's clutter and you need to get rid of it. And if you, um, but, but if this other pen is the one that grandpa, grandpa made, you know, it's like, yes, I love that. I don't use it, but I love it and I'm going to keep it. And so I say, okay, well, you know, keep it in an organized manner and um, so that you can find it when you need it. And so anyway, this flowchart helps people figure out what's clutter in, in all kinds of categories. There's the original flowchart, clutter flowchart, but there's also one for kitchens, one for closets, one for garages. There's 17 of them. And two of them pertain to our topic today of photos and genealogy. Um, there's, there's a photo clutter flowchart and a ancestry clutter flowchart. And, and, and by ancestry clutter flowchart, I think photo, photo clutter would be, 
you know, is this, is this photo meaningful or is it um, blurry and uh, a mistake and, or a duplicate or, a, you know, do you really need to keep it? And it, um, and there's a whole chapter about each uh, type of clutter. And uh, the name of the book is Go With the Flow, the Clutter Clearing Toolkit for an Organized Life. And to people who already know about clutter flow charts, it's, it's also known as the Clutter Flow Chart Workbook. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fantastic. We'll definitely put a link to the, to the book um, yeah. in the show notes. Yeah. 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 And to the resources, because we've talked about a few great resources um, that we'll get some information off, off you in my, um, just make sure that they're on there, like family search and the whole tree and Cindy's list maybe, or the family group sheets or just, and your resources that you've got. So we'll put them in the show. Resource, resource roundups on my um, website, e even though I'm kind of downsizing my business, I'm planning to keep the, resources the resource roundups updated and i'm still blogging mm. um, great information yeah wonderful um i think that's been so great was there anything else that you wanted to uh, a burning question that you had chantelle no i think we've done everything yeah that's right no, yeah we, we we gotta do the work <laughs> i know i'm inspired i'm yes, absolutely inspired actually. and that's that's one of the things in the front pages of your book you write that the book is um intended to inspire readers to tell the stories of their photos, family, and things. And I really hope in this podcast episode today that we've been able to bring a little bit of that to our listeners um, because it really is an inspiration. And we just thank you, Hazel, for being here today. Um, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's been really lovely to um, have you share some of your stories and uh, insights and inspiration. So thank you. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Did you want to finish do I do the... Yes. <laughs> Finish up, shall we? <laughs> okay. So as always, and our regular listeners will know that, you can sign up to our newsletter. We've not been very active on social media, but you can still reach us through socials if you've got any questions. But mostly if you do have questions, please click on the link in the show notes or over on our website to get to the wish list. So you can put in your questions or any requests that you have that you might want to uh, want us to talk about topics and questions so please don't be shy fill in the wish list and we'll get back to you and of course we always welcome feedback and reviews um, and I think that was it yeah, so I'm Chantelle from Photos in Order thanks again Hazel for joining us it was such a pleasure having you and um We'll see you next time. Yeah, thanks so much. I'm Fiona from Photo Helper. And thank you, thank you, thank you, Hazel. Um, and our lovely listeners will put all the links in the show notes and we will see you soon. Bye.